Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer Podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I am reaching you from lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, on August 2nd, 2020. And can you believe it's August in this wild, unknown year that we are in, this bizarre year? Uh, so many things are going on, and we are going to talk about this week where some very interesting astrology is going to start. So uh, first of all, last week, I did not get to speak about the comet. And I know the comet really reached people about a week or two ago and saw people saw it, it was visible in the sky. And I um, was so busy talking about Mercury last week that there wasn't a moment to speak about the comet. So Astronomical events that are big, such as that, uh, are astrological events as well. And so they are not, you know, ignored in astrology. But the one thing that um, you should know is that when the comet is visible, such as this one was, comet Neowise, then we have to uh, take that into consideration. So the last visible comet was 1997 with Princess Diana dying. And why do I bring those two events together? That was Comet Hale-Bopp. Those two events are relevant because in ancient history and astrology, comets usually indicated death of royalty. And if we're seeing something that's, you know, in the sky like that, we are actually seeing it. There are comets, you hear about comets, but we don't see them necessarily. So this is one of those cases where we do see them now. That doesn't mean definitely someone's going to die. It often indicates death of royalty. That doesn't mean it's, you know, 100%. But um, I spoke with my former advanced astrology teacher a couple of weeks ago, Michael Luton, and he said to me, the comet is the most important thing happening this year. Now, in a year where we have Saturn-Pluto, Jupiter-Pluto three times, uh, Jupiter-Saturn, we have both Venus and Mars retrograde, and we've had, we're going to have six eclipses. I would say that the comet being the most important thing happening this year says a lot. <laughs> and it hasn't been around this comet in 6,800 years or so, 6,766, something like that, years. And when something that infrequent shows up. Um, well, he said to me, this is about civilization. So as if we needed more evidence of a turning point in our society, in our civilization, in our world, this is another turning point. And there is something very profound happening. We just don't know what that is yet. So Jupiter-Saturn, that will happen on December 21st for the first time in 20 years is another indicator of the old guard leaving and a new way coming. So the old guard, the old monarchy, the old um, king, as they say in, in lore, you know, the old king dying or something, or the, the old way. And so one of the things that we have to pay attention to is, you know, what is... What is going? What is leaving? And a lot is leaving. I mean, but we don't even know half of what this is going to come to yet because we're still living in a lot of the astrological after effects of the Saturn-Pluto 
And that was January. And now we're in August. And so we still have some other things to review, which are starting this week. So onward from the comet, that is, you know, it's about civilization. It is about the end of a particular time of civilization. And it is about the beginning of something new in civilization. So that being said, lots of stuff to talk about. So I'm going to um, gosh, where do we begin? Let's start with today because it's today. So it's Sun square Uranus and Sun and Uranus get together in a square twice a year. So one is an applying square and one is a separating square. This is a separating square. The applying square happens when it's in Aquarius, the Sun is in Aquarius, which won't be till next year again, but we already had the sun square Uranus early this year when the sun was in Aquarius squaring Uranus in Taurus. So now we are with the sun in Leo and it, the, and we say applying and separating, separating means it's, it's, it's already been to Taurus. It's already made the conjunction and it's now separating from, from that. Whereas applying means that it, when it's in Aquarius, the square is going towards Taurus, the, the sun is going towards Taurus, where Uranus is sitting. So here we are with the sun squaring Uranus. And that is an aspect that pretty much stays in effect um, for a couple of days. So we felt it, you know, yesterday, Saturday, the first, and then we were feeling it. Um, you know, today, obviously, it was it was exact at 7.18 a.m. Eastern Time. And it will still be lingering in effect tomorrow. So one of the things that's important about this is Uranus is the planet of the unexpected, the brilliant, the genius, the contrary person, the revolutionary, the, uh, the experience of something wanting to be different or someone wanting to be different or getting very distracted and changing things up a bit. You know, maybe you're getting distracted because you need to be distracted because maybe something is not, um, you know, supposed to go in a certain direction. Maybe it's, you know, you're, you're better off with the distraction and the distraction helps you move, focus your energy on something else. So while this is happening, the sun squares Uranus and we we might feel a little anxiety. We might feel a little um, restless sleep. We may feel like we're distracted. We may feel like events are, you know, a little out of control. But the moon was also in Capricorn for the earlier part of the day and hit all those lovely planets in Capricorn. So that was yesterday and today. And so there was, you know, the last aspect today was the the moon conjuncting Saturn before it went void at 9.59 a.m. Eastern time. And that means it wasn't, you know, hit Saturn, hit that wall at the end of Capricorn and then moved into Aquarius at 2.11 p.m. Eastern time. So tomorrow there's a full moon at 11 degrees Aquarius, 46 minutes, and that is 11.59 a.m. So right at noon Eastern time, and it'll be about 10 a.m. here. So this is actually an interesting thing because the moon is in Aquarius now and tomorrow. And the moon is in Aquarius when and the sun, which is going to be 
you know, getting an opposition from the moon tomorrow because it's a full moon. And they're both squaring Uranus. So this is a full moon squaring Uranus. So in the middle of the full moon, we get a square from, you know, to Uranus, which means that the uh, full moon is in a T-square. It forms a T-square with planet Uranus. So this is actually very interesting. This means that the planet ruling the full moon is going to be involved in the T-square. So there's lots of unexpected, uh, brilliant, genius things going on. And, and we should pay attention to this full moon because, you know, one of the things that's going to happen at the end of the year is, you know, as my teacher had said, all about Aquarius. It's all about Aquarius because of the Jupiter-Saturn. So the full moon is in Aquarius, and this is really the only full moon in Aquarius this year because, you know, it's not going to be twice like we had two new moons in Cancer. We have, you know, last time the moon was full when the sun was in Aquarius, the moon would have been in Leo. So we have an opposition of sun and moon and Uranus in the middle. So this is an excitable event. And the moon will square Uranus shortly before it becomes full tomorrow morning. So at about, you know, a couple of hours prior to being full it's going to square Uranus. And so that's just going to add to the excitement. So that's another thing to pay attention to. If you feel agitated, if you feel like you've got too much energy, use it, use the energy, because Uranus is often something that requires a lot of energy or requires us to change things up or requires us to do something a little different than we would normally do things. So and be an innovator and be a little more, be a little different, sometimes for the sake of just being different. In the meantime, Mercury, which has traveled through Cancer, is going to leave Cancer this week and switch to Leo. So this is an interesting thing because as it's leaving the sign of Cancer, it has been touching all of those Capricorn planets in an opposition. Now, if you've been watching my Instagram, you've been hearing me talk about Mercury. Mercury was very busy in the last week, which is why we didn't get to talk about the comet last week. The, the Mercury aspects, you know, Mercury was busy with Jupiter. Mercury was busy with Pluto. Just yesterday, Mercury was opposite Pluto. And tomorrow, Mercury will oppose Saturn at exactly 5 p.m. Eastern time, which is 3 p.m. my time. So we're going to have this full moon, which is all about the innovative and the brilliant and the contrarian and the revolutionary. And the Mercury, which is in a traditional sign of Cancer, is going to po oppose Saturn, which is in Capricorn, its own sign. And that's where things are very traditional. So there's a lot of mixed up signals going on tomorrow. <laughs> because we have this incredible feeling of freedom and brilliance and revolutionary energy. And then there's this stodgy, conservative you know, energy going on at the same time. And so try to get through this, balance all of it, know where you're resisting the revolution in yourself and know where you are um, holding back or where you need to be conservative and not go all wild. So that's very important to pay attention to because they're two very different energies and they're both happening tomorrow, one in the morning, 
one in the afternoon. So that is something you do want to balance and pay attention to it because you'll notice the shift and you'll notice how you're feeling. You'll feel that you are sort of maybe combating the part of you that wants to break out and break free and then the other part of you that's like, well, maybe I better play it safe. So that is Mercury leaving, leaving, leaving the sign of Cancer, going into the sign of Leo on Tuesday. So here we are with the sun and the moon in opposition, and then Mercury's changing, Mercury's making an opposition to Saturn, and then Mercury's changing signs on Tuesday, but it won't be till 1130 at night, Eastern time, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, the 4th. And one of the things that's important about Tuesday is that Mars is going to, to square Jupiter. So this is one of the most important aspects happening this week, if not the most important aspect, and here's why. Mars is in Aries. It's in its own sign. It is really in the sign of the independence. It is the sign of, I'm going to do my own thing. And, you know, with all this Uranus energy flying around, we want to do our own thing. We don't want to be held back. However, uh, there's three planets in Capricorn, and anything in Aries is going to make a square to things in Capricorn. Now, you just heard me talk about applying and separating. This is what's called applying because it's, you know, anything um, in, wait a minute, I think, yeah, this is, no, this is separating. I'm sorry. This is separating also because we've already conjunct the Capricorn and we're now in the Aries. So, yeah, it is on the other side of the Zodiac, but still, um, this is a separating square. So, we have the separating square tomorrow with Uranus, and now we're having this other separating square. So Jupiter is a planet of abundance, and this is really, um, you know, Mars-Jupiter. That's confidence. That's, yeah, that's a little bit of a swagger. That's, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make things happen. I'm going to do something like that all mine that I want to do, and that is independent of anything that anybody's telling me to do. Well, Jupiter's in Capricorn which is kind of conservative and is the government and etc. But Jupiter's not alone in Capricorn as we know. Jupiter is with Pluto and Jupiter is with Saturn. So in the last few days we saw both Mercury and the Moon touch those planets. So Mercury went through Cancer and opposed Jupiter, then it opposed Pluto, then it opposed Saturn. It's going to oppose Saturn tomorrow. And the Moon just glided over all of them in the last you know, 48 hours or so. And one of the things that we want to pay attention to is that Mars is slower than Mercury and certainly slower than the moon. So the fastest one of those planets is the moon. Then comes Mercury. Mercury's pretty fast. And then there's Mars, which is going to take its time squaring Jupiter and then squaring Pluto and then squaring Saturn. So Mars is going to hit each of these like the pinball hits the, the bells in the pinball machine and it's going to be ding 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 again and but they're going to happen over the course of the month of August so to you know we get the Mars square Jupiter on Tuesday which makes us getting ready to go and lots of energy but then it's going to square Pluto on the 13th which is a week and a half from now Squaring Pluto is another matter. Mars and Pluto are buddies because they both rule Scorpio, and Pluto is the higher octave of Mars. But Mars is 
willfulness and courage and desire and passion and ego and and to push on forward is going to buck up against all those Capricorn planets. Aries wants to be the individual. Capricorn is saying, no, you got to go with the crowd. There's going to be a part of society that is going to be highly divided. You know, there's going to be the part that just go willfully, okay, the government's telling me to do this. And then there's the other people that are going to say, "Mm -mm, I'm done. I've had it. No more of this, you know, no more of this. And so people are going to start bucking any sort of uh, authority figures. So anybody that's an authority figure in your life, I mean, this could be, this could be your kids. Your kids might say, sorry, mommy and daddy, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm doing what I want to do. And you're like, uh, you're eight years old. You can't do that. (laughs) But, you know, we still, we still have, you know, to watch out for you. We still have to keep an eye on you. And so, you know, there's, there's going to be this bucking against authority because the ram is going to just go ramming into the, the goat. (laughs) So, while we're having Mercury switch signs and go into fire, the sun is in fire, Mars is in fire, so now things are going to get fired up, and um, Mercury is going to square that Jupiter, and we're going to, I'm sorry, Mars is going to square that Jupiter, and we're really going to be feeling like, yeah, I want, I want to do this, I want to do that, and then Pluto is really where things need to transform, and people are going to say things need to transform, and things need to change, so, you know, and then it's going to get to Saturn, but it's not going to get to Saturn for another 10 days after that. So the 24th of August, we're going to see Mars come to Saturn and square it. And that's that last aspect before Mars would be ready to move out of the sign of Aries and move into the sign of Taurus. However, that's not going to happen because next month, Mars is going to go retrograde on September 9th. So what does this mean? This means... This means that Mars is coming back and is going to square Saturn, then square Pluto, then square Jupiter in reverse order because it will get to 28 degrees of Aries and turn around on the 9th of September and start moving in apparent backwards motion, which means it's going to hit the, you know, in the reverse order that they came, it's going to hit the planets it just squared and square them again. So... This is, this is important for lots of reasons, and that's not going to happen until the 29th of September. So there's an entire month between the time that Mars squares Saturn on the 24th of August and then comes back to square Saturn again on the 29th of September, more than a month. And here we are, you know, it's going to, this is, shows you how slowly Mars will start to move once it's retrograde. And so there's Mars moving into this, these squares, you know, and Mars is slowing down already, and then it's going to stop at 28 degrees and not go into Taurus until January of next year, because then it's going to turn around and start hitting these planets all over again. Now, what does that mean? That means that Mars is going to be with us for a long time. There isn't going to be zip, we're going to move past this, and oh, that was a bit of an ouch, and wow, that was a bumpy week. This is a moment, this is a story, this is the beginning chapter, and the chapter starts now because it's coming into that square with Jupiter. So what's happening? People are saying, you know what? 
I don't know what's going to happen with my job. I'm going to start my own thing. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen with this COVID situation. I got to do my own thing. I can't wait around for the government to make decisions. You know what? I've got to stop waiting um, on, you know, what, what my you know, financial situation is going to dictate and I've got to make moves. Um, but mostly importantly, remember we did, we've been doing all this work on going within and going within means taking stock of what's happening inside. Jupiter is shining the flashlight in Pluto's closet. Mars is going to say, okay, what did you decide you wanted to do? And so when Mars goes retrograde, we're going to start thinking about that. Now, Mars has some answers already like oh okay I've been on this path and and we're gonna we're gonna elevate the status and keep going and like raise the bar and you know be confident and courageous and take some steps great except when Mars goes retrograde we have to take a step back in order to step forward so when it goes retrograde and it hits these planets again we need to listen to what they're telling us the first things that are going to happen are that they're going to go we're going to get the squares one at a time, the 4th, the 14th, the 24th. Those are easy days to remember. It's all the fours. The 4th of August is Jupiter. The 14th of August, I'm sorry, it's the 13th of August, is Pluto. And the 24th of August is Saturn. So when we go backwards, um, we're going to come back and revisit these. But when Mars goes backwards or parent movement backwards, we don't take a new initiative. That means don't put up your brand new website for your brand new business after September 9th before November 14th when Mars goes direct. That means if you meet someone new, brand new, you probably aren't going to, you may or may not go very far with them. Things don't uh, move forward the way we expect them to in relationships. I've seen people who are uh, have known each other a long time get together during Mars retrograde, and it doesn't lead anywhere. So, you know, it's like the energy, the car won't start. You can't turn over the ignition. So start something during a Mars retrograde, eh, you know, you can't really, you have no, you have no real power in it. So... You know, I don't like people getting married during Mars retrograde, although people will get married during Mars retrograde. Um, I have had situations where I have, you know, I couldn't help it. Things started on Mars retrograde, but they, you know, it just didn't, I didn't have any, I didn't have enough power in the situation. Some power, but I didn't have enough power in the situation. I have seen where Mars retrograde people, you know, start a war and they don't win. And that's one of the most important things you could learn about Mars retrograde. You don't start a war. So if a country goes to war with another country and it's Mars retrograde, that country who initiates, initiates the war. It's one thing if you're being attacked. If someone attacks you and you know, you got to defend yourself, well, that's another matter. But if the attacker starts during the Mars retrograde, well, then guess what? They're not going to win. So what you want to be aware of is any sort of uh, initiation. I know people I had to talk out of suing their condo board because I'm like, you can't do that now. You got to wait. No, I have to do it now. I got to call my lawyer, blah, blah, blah. No, 
not during a Mars retrograde. If you do have to take actions like this, if you need to take legal action with something, you've got to do it now. Okay, so you have a little more than a month to do this before Mars turns retrograde, or you can wait until after the 14th of November. But if you're negotiating contracts and you're in talks and you're in these kinds of things, those things usually don't uh, get bothered by this because there's usually conversations about stuff that go on. And we wait and we see what happens when Mars goes direct. One of the other things that happens is that when you um, start something like, you know, you buy a new car or a new computer, these, these things just don't. <laughs> they don't function properly under a Mars retrograde. So, you know, if you can avoid doing that, you know, please avoid doing that. Um, and, you know, that's going to go on for a couple months. We don't have a lot of energy under Mars retrograde. It's a great time to rest. It's a great time to step back from our work and evaluate. And, you know, it's an Aries. It's going to want to push forward. But I can tell you, Anytime Mars is retrograde, it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I want, I want to take a nap. You know, so use this time. This has been an intense year. Use this time to rest. Use this time to step back and, and find some, find some rest, respite. I'm not going to say find peace. I was going to say find some peace, but with Mars and Aries, we don't usually find peace. It's just don't get stressed out. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to help you. You know, Mars is starting to get sleepy. Mars wants to slow down. <sighs> Mars retrograde isn't very sexy either. It's like, meh. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not in big time passion mode. So one of the things that we need to be aware of is that this Mars-Jupiter is happening on Tuesday the 4th. Please pay close attention to the events of Tuesday. Pay attention to what's going on. What feels Marsy to you? Passionate, initiative, um, masculine energy oriented, you know? What feels like there's an initiation? Where, where do you feel the confidence coming in? Because Mars and Jupiter are like that. So maybe, you know, you start a process about something now and, you know, you launch something and it, it, you have your tweaks during the Mars retrograde. Um, so Mercury's changing signs going into Leo. And Venus is changing signs on Friday the 7th, if you can believe it. Friday the 7th, Venus at 11.20 a.m. Eastern Time, 9.20 a.m. my time. Um, Venus is going into Cancer. Ta-da! This is the first time in months Venus has been in Gemini. For months, because remember, in May, it went retrograde in Gemini. So it was like 21 degrees Gemini. Remember that? And so Venus is leaving Gemini since April. <laughs> and now it's August 7th. It's going to go into the sign of cancer. And that's great. Um, you know, it's going to, but it is going to oppose those Capricorn planets, but it'll do that late in the month. Um and, you know, it, it won't get there for a while. So, Mercury's changing signs. Venus is changing signs. Mars is squaring Jupiter. We're having a full moon tomorrow. And there is, a, there is what we call an occultation of Mars on the 9th, Sunday the 9th, next Sunday. 
and that means the moon is aligned with Mars, and it will be in Aries at 4.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, on the 9th. But, you know, that means that you are not feeling that Mars energy. And when the moon occults something, there's like a curtain, and there's a conversation going on behind the curtain. So, you know, maybe Mars and Jupiter will still be talking to each other a little bit. I'm sure they will be, because it won't be far away. It'll, at that point, Mars will be in between Jupiter and Pluto, which is going to be a very interesting place for Mars to be. And so this is very interesting, very, very interesting. So we've got an interesting, interesting week ahead. Please pay close attention to that Mars-Jupiter on Tuesday because if you feel energetic, if you feel energized, whatever you feel like initiating, starting, write it down. Be with it. Experience it because we're going to have this aspect again. Now, Mars and Jupiter will meet and then they're going to meet again. And Mars is just going to hang around that second half, the latter half of Aries. It's not going past 15. It's going to retrograde and go back to 15 and that's it. So it's hanging around the latter half of Aries. So for September and October, it is with those Capricorn planets. So we've got some very intense stuff coming up and this is the very beginning of it. So this is why it's so vital for each of us to pay attention to this because it's telling us something. There's a story. It's a big one and we need to pay attention to the collective, what's going on in the news, what's going on, you know, albeit gracefully and carefully without getting stressed out and you know what's going on in our personal life and how it's all playing out so that's part of it um uh the moon is void for a good portion of tuesday evening 5 45 p.m on tuesday in the eastern time zone till 10 28 p.m then it moves into pisces at 10 28 p.m is in pisces wednesday the fifth is in pisces the sixth Thursday, which is a sleepy sign for the moon to be in. And then it goes void Friday morning for like 10 minutes um, from 8.53 a.m. until a little after 9, like 12 minutes, and when it goes into Aries. So that means, you know, that's before that occultation when, when the moon goes to over Mars. So most of Friday, the moon will be in Aries. Saturday, the moon will be in Aries. Sunday, the moon will be in Aries and go void at 3.50 p.m., but it will be not going into Taurus till about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, you've got a good chunk of the afternoon next Sunday where it's not going to be very active. So, you know, it'll be void in Aries, but pay attention. Pay attention to all of it. Um, since the moon is going into Aries over the weekend, you're going to see a little bit of that you know, how it aspects the same planets. It's going to square Jupiter on Saturday. It's going to square Pluto on Sunday. It's going to square Saturn and then go void. So this is very interesting. Watch that moon next weekend, Saturday and Sunday. See how you feel because it's going to have something to do with Mars and it's going to give us a, a part of the story about Mars's journey. So that's part of it. That's And so here we are, lovely full moon, it's going to be during the day at daylight hours here and daylight hours in U.S. time zones. But if you're in a different part of the world, you might see it. It's probably visible tonight. I think it's kind of cloudy here, so I don't think I can see it. But full moon, a beautiful thing, 11 degrees Aquarius. 
And that's it for this week. Um, it is in another intense week. And, you know, move along. Um, feel the difference of Venus and Gemini to Venus and Cancer. You know, Venus and, and then, you know, the, the moon will be in Pisces, um, you know, for a little bit. But it's it's going to be a little bit of a watery week. But we've got fire, fire, fire with Mercury and going into fire, with Mars in fire, with the sun in fire. So let's get some things done. Thank you for listening. My name is Deb McBride. This is the Golden Astrologer podcast. My um, Instagram is the Golden Astrologer, and I do lots of videos on Instagram telling you what to, what's going on day to day. And my Twitter is at Deb Astrology. I have a YouTube channel as well. My website is thegoldenastrologer.com, and you can book a session with me or buy astrocartography reports on my website. So I thank you very much for listening. I am grateful for all of you, each and every one of you, and I wish you a lovely, beautiful week. Have a good week. Thank you.